Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone and welcome back to the Waterball podcast. My name is Andy Watson. I'm joined as always by Gary Clark. How are we doing? I'm very well, Anton. And yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and um, I understand that we've got some quite exciting news to share with our uh, our followers. So I'll let you crack on with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, very excited to announce that we have uh, partnered up with the Oddballs Foundation uh, charity, which is uh, devoted to uh testicular cancer obviously uh big advocates of it all their proceeds are obviously donated to the foundation uh obviously brilliant brilliant news for us to to be partnered up with it uh, we're gonna have um someone from the foundation on one of our future podcasts to obviously discuss how important the foundation is and you know generally just how important it is to you know check yourself because you know most most testicular cancers if caught early there's there's a very high I rate that you know you'll recover from it so massive massive for us mate really happy to have the oddballs foundation on board with the waterball lake podcast yeah yeah i'll pull your little podcast you know we've been going on about a year and a bit now so thanks very much to the, to the oddballs foundation for you know taking us under their wing so to speak um and obviously uh, look forward to the future with working with them guys but on to tonight uh, we've got another one of our Fans World podcasts uh, tonight. We are joined by a Rochdale fan. Um, this is the host of the Dale Way and the Gin Dependent Woman podcast, Charlotte Cromarty. How are we doing, Charlotte? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you, Steve? Oh, you're very well. You're very, very well. welcome. Thank very you for well. coming on. Um, obviously, we're going to talk Rochdale, which you know, not many fans. I think a lot of fans are like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> you know what? You know where it is, though? With Rochdale, like, I'm a Southern fan. That's probably been my favourite away day since we've gone down to League One. Uh, going down to, just, I would call it Scotland now, but it's the Crown Paint Arena. Um, but the pub at the back, 
you know, I loved it. I loved it in there. Fantastic. We had two, I think we had two away, away trips there, one uh, in COVID, but two I went to and we won both. So it was, you know, that was probably the happiest <laughs> thing about it. <laughs> and we were both 2-1. So, you know, same score. Charlie White scored in both games as well. Um, so that was a rarity as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to have you on board. Obviously, we'll, we'll start off as, as we normally do at the very beginning. What made you become a Rochdale fan? Well, to be honest, I didn't really have much of a choice. From being a newborn baby, my dad's a big, massive Rochdale fan, so I had the kits. So from there, really, and then I started going watching Rochdale. I think it was the ninety, I think it was the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season. So I was only like four or five. But I'll be honest, the reason I went was to wave at the mascot, Desmond the Dragon, and for a pie at first <laughs> because I really wasn't that interested. It was just something to do. And then it was the season after the 98-99 season and that's when I really got into it. And I kind of started getting into it more because when my mum and dad split up when I was quite young, it was like mine and my dad's thing at a weekend. Yeah. Like, and that was pretty much how I got into being a Rochdale fan and here I am now, <laughs> still going yeah. watching them. <laughs> I always say, if in doubt, blame your dad because I'm the, re- <laughs> the reason why I'm a Southern fan's my dad. You know, and we're floundering in League One. I've never seen us win anything. It's it awful. <laughs> but um, can you remember your first game? Like, like you went, you can remember the score or anything like that? Yeah, it was actually, it was the first home game of the 98-99 season. And we actually lost 2-0 to Torquay. <laughs> I oh. think, I know, I know. And it was one of them where... I, I was mesmerised, but it, it wasn't really by the football because... Back then, we used to play hoofball, typical hoofball. So um, it was just, I think it was the adrenaline and, like, being in the atmosphere and there was just so much going on. And obviously, you, you've been to Rochdale yourself. It's quite a small, like, intimate ground kind of thing. So I think it was just because you felt part of it. And mm. it just, it sounds funny, but some, there was just something about it that just intrigued me. And then, obviously... um. I started going more and more and we actually had a manager called, it was Graham Barrow at the time and I think we finished 18th, 19th that season so it wasn't the best season, <laughs> really wasn't but um, it was just, there was just something about it that I just never looked back on really and yeah, like I said, to this day that's why I'm a Rochdale fan. <laughs> I think that's what it is with all football fans. I'll ask you this one. It's just an itch you can't really tend to, to scratch, isn't it? It doesn't matter how hard things are going, you always find your way back, don't you? 100%, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I sound like Harry Kane now when I said that, I just realised. Um, no, no, <laughs> uh, definitely, yeah. Like, you know, like you have days where, you know, you get frustrated and you're angry and you go and you just have moments of joy, like, and ups like there's just so many ups and downs there's like just generally being a supporter of not just football but generally sport like i mean as a Sunderland fan i've seen relegations seen promotions seen cup final defeats seen playoff defeat i lincoln last season and like the way it like it just the passion that comes out of you like i'll sit there like and i will like literally when we played lincoln i watched that game from home as soon as i finished work in the the playoff semis and i screamed at the tv because like you just you want your club to do well but you just go through that mesh of emotions but 
it's like you say, and it's it's an itch that you can't like, you know, you can't always like you just scratch it and just like you just love you love the passion and you know a lot of that is you know that everyone else that's in the ground as well who just shares that same passion like it's so important um and it just makes you like and you're just a part of a massive community as well especially like you know teams which don't have a massive following it, it's very more commute it's much more communal um and i think that's great personally I, I personally think that the lower down you go, and obviously we've, we've witnessed it with Sunderland, we've gone down like two divisions, but the lower down you go, the more passionate I think the fans are. You get more hardcore fans, I think. You know, especially like you know, we've had we've had Lucy we had Lucy Ford on a few weeks ago, Charlotte, and you know, she's Bristol Rovers fan, and Bristol Rovers are probably the best away fans I've seen bring bring up since we went to League One. And obviously, like I said, my fear for two away days have been Rochdale. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, great, great fan base. I think great family, you know, family kind of caring club. So I think that's that's a picture there, doesn't it? You know, like even though times are difficult at the moment, you know, down in League Two, you always like kind of think we can come back and you know get into League One again. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like people don't realise, but being a Rochdale fan, it's like they always associate us with like because we were we were the team we were best known for being in obviously Division Three, what's now League Two for so long but yeah. obviously since I don't know if you've heard you probably have Keith Hill he was our um, he made history with our club and people don't realise we've seen a playoff final playoff semi-final I've seen two promotions obviously two relegations we ended up beating Nottingham Forest Leeds in the FA Cup and we actually um, a few seasons ago got to the fifth round and we drew Spurs we ended up getting a replay at Wembley so we travelled to Wembley as well and it's just people laugh at me for being a Rochdale fan but at the same time some of these fans have never experienced like you guys said like with Sunderland they've never experienced all this watching football mm. so it's one of them things where even though it is frustrating at times I absolutely love it but like you mentioned it is very it's a fan it's a fan owned club we had obviously some things going on in the summer, but um, we've got a new chairman who's is absolutely fantastic. He's actually a Rochdale fan himself. We've got um, new board members who are fans as well. It's a fan-owned club, and it's just we've always been well known for like running the club very well, and it's just so it just feels like we're getting because the last few seasons it's been quite a struggle. Like with. Um, our last chairman and we've had some hard times but I just feel like we're getting that spirit back and we're getting that just a lovable club because it even like I spoke to Lucy as well she were on our podcast last week and she said obviously like she loves coming to Rochdale she feels welcome and yeah it's just really nice for people to say that yeah yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, over the years, you've obviously seen some great players, some not-so-great players, but we'll start with the, the great players. Cause I, I like to keep the not-so-great for later on, so I think that's probably better off. <laughs> but, you know, obviously, you know, who would you say has been your favourite player over the years? I mean, obviously, there's, there's an Ian Henderson there who seen Rochdale's highest goal scorer. Um, I know he's, he was, he's got... Did he get 10 goals a season for, like, 14 years in a row or something along those lines? Or... Um, unfortunately, it ended quite bitter with Rochdale and Ian it Henderson. It ended quite bitter. There was a bit of... Um, he's at Salford now. I think he's actually mm -hmm. good, but he's definitely one of my favourites. Like, 
it's mental seeing like from when I started watching Dale the quality of players to like yeah it sounds mad but your Ian Henderson's just the quality of like players that we actually recruit now and stuff is amazing um a few people don't actually know this but we've actually we had Grant Holt who played for us quite well known um Ricky Lambert Craig Dawson, who's actually um, a defender for West Ham now, he was mm-hmm. he was exceptional for us, and his goal scoring record for a defender was absolutely brilliant. And um, Adam Lafondra, that's another one. Glenn Murray, honestly, we've had we've had quite a few, but people don't realise he actually played for us. <laughs> but yeah. uh, my, I think my all time favourite for Rochdale has to be. It was our captain and he played for us for years and he was called Gary Jones. And mm. honestly, just just his passion and just is such a lovely man as well. I've met him a few times and yeah, I think I think he's gotta be my favourite, favourite ever player for Rochdale. I feel like when you're in the lower leagues, like the the players are a lot more friendly and make the effort with the fans. Um, obviously, in the Premier League, you know, thousands of people want that person's autograph that just physically don't have the time. But, like, I mean, I see on, like, the forums at Summon and stuff that a lot of the players make the time. Like, Lee Johnson makes a, a lot of time with, like, the the kids and stuff, gets a picture. I, I think there's this person who posts on one of the Summon forums and, like, every week Lee Johnson goes and meets this little lad and his little brother and stuff. And I, I think that's pretty, like like cool especially when you know you've got such a good community fan base which you know you'll get with the likes of like Rochdale, Bristol Rovers it is very communal down in in the lower leagues yeah it's like um during the half term what's just gone I actually took my um little lad to they had an open training session and you could watch the players train and then afterwards they spent like a good hour hour and a half like signing and having pictures taken with all the kids and I just thought that was amazing that was really really good and it's like if you met like a few times i've messaged um because i've got family who's rochdale fans as well and like my cousin and it's his birthday coming up and i had to message his favorite alex newby on twitter and just said it's my cousin's birthday is there any chance you could send him a video message i know you're busy but obviously if you could that'd be great and he did straight away and it's just it's just little things like that well, it's just really amazing. Yeah, it definitely goes a yeah. long way. It certainly does. It certainly does. Um, so we'll go from sublime to the ridiculous, um, if you don't mind. Um, worst play you've seen in the Rochester Hilltop. It can be on loan as well. So if it's someone who's come down and done the job on loan, someone out, or someone who's been all together, terrible. <laughs> We've a- we actually had one and is now a cricketer. I can't remember who he plays for cricket, but... Because I don't want to bash him or anything, <laughs> but because obviously, like, he wasn't very good at the time at football. He's called Keith Barker and he's now turned into a professional cricketer, but I'm not sure who he plays for. But literally, he was, he was just like Bambi on ice. He <laughs> was terrible. He was so terrible. He plays for Hampshire. Does he play for Hampshire? He plays for Hampshire. Keith Hubert Douglas Barger. No way. Yeah, yeah. He played what? for Blackburn as well. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia really? now. He, he was only 35 years old as well. 
He's only 35 yeah, years he's old. Yeah, he's only 35. He looks older than that. So he'd be, he'd be your worst. Was, it, was, was he, like, you know, really, really aware, was he? I've got another one as well. And unfortunately, <laughs> these were both uh, um, strike force at the time. And he was called Marike Sacco. And at the time when we first signed him, he got described as he was six foot seven, a French superstar. So we, us Rochdale fans, because obviously we thought we don't really get many great players like at that time. We thought, do you know what? He sounds really good. It was like a calamity. It was so bad. It was just like instead of you'd think he was a threat being six foot seven, he used to just run away from the defenders. It was like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> you were just so scared of them, and I was like, what? So yeah, them two were our strike force at the time. So they're definitely up there. Definitely up there. He's only forty yeah. years old as well, Marie Sacco. Just having a look at his uh, biography there. <laughs> Um, he, lo- he, looks, uh, uh, he looks a handful, like. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with him. Bit of a bean pole, was he? Uh, he looks it. 40 years old, centre forward. Doesn't tell you his height, though, but I f- he looks like he looks like he could cause some trouble from what I'm looking I'm at. Sure, I'm sure he was at least 6 foot 6, 6 foot 7. <laughs> he was massive. <laughs> but yeah, I, the- I would have thrown Aaron Will Pam there because I, I remember watching him when he played against Sunday. It was awful, but he scored against Newcastle about. So what's three weeks later? I think it was last season or the season before. When you, you know took what? Newcastle the week right there. Yeah, Aaron Wilbraham. It was one of them where, don't get me wrong, when we signed him, we was like, yes, he'll he'll score like a good few goals. He didn't score many, but he always score he always seemed to score the goals that you need, like the most vital goals. So I can't put him in the least favourite. Isn't he, uh, <laughs> isn't he caretaker manager of Shrewsbury at the minute? Who we played yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. no, no, Steve Cockrell's there. Steve, he was there when Cockrell had COVID. Yes, oh, yes was he, he was. He took over then. Yeah, it both Cockrell's better than him. Um, oh, but yeah, uh, well, wasn't he? so we'll go to your favourite. Oh, sorry, Gary, go for it. He wasn't very well, Cockrell, with COVID, wasn't he? No, he was in hospital twice. Uh, yeah, intensive care twice. Um, so we'll go. We'll go to your favourite manager over the years. Um, Charlotte, obviously, had just looking at um, some Rochdale managers. Obviously, Keith Hill. Um, he he springs to mind. Uh, he just shows up as if he's ready for the night. Obviously, uh, he was a great manager. I mean, some some good name. John Coleman. You know, he's um, wasn't there very long, but um, you know, he's he's a good name there. Obviously, Brian Barry Murphy, who uh, every time I watched Sunderland play Rochdale, he tried to have Rochdale playing the right football. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Didn't didn't often work, <laughs> but yeah, he, he went off. He went off. The... He had the right oh. idea. But, um, <laughs> I think my favourite over the years has to be Keith Hill because obviously he made history with us. Um. He actually he was playing as a defender when I first started watching Rochdale as well. So then... he just gave me the best times being a Rochdale fan. Right, so Keith, we're going to say Keith Hill. I mean, we'll go on to a bit more about Keith Hill, if that's all right, because like I said, yeah. the, the best dress manager in football, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> you're, up, you're up up there, good client, and he's ready for a night out, isn't he? I mean, um, he's done he's done well, actually, at a few clubs, hasn't he, though? He gets teams trying to play football, probably, doesn't he? Yeah, um, his first season for us, it was absolutely magnificent. And then obviously it went to Barnsley. Mm. Didn't do very well at Barnsley. Came back to Rochdale in his second spell, and 
I don't know what it was, but it kind of like, it kind of got a bit arrogant. And since then, he's never really been able to stay at a club because the thing with Key Phil is he is very fiery and it can't keep it can't seem to keep his mouth shut. So mm. I think he upsets a few people and it seems to he did it with his second spell at Rochdale in particular. He seemed to just blame everything on the fans and the fans even though we absolutely adore Key Phil and made history. But it was just his time to go because he it just weren't the key feel that we knew previously and we loved kind of thing. And I think is he just I think he's gone somewhere recently. I want to say Scunthorpe. I think. I think I might be. I might be. I might. I know he's got a League Two job, but I'm sure it's Scunthorpe. Yeah, manager is. I'm sure it is Scunthorpe. Yeah. Oh, best of luck to him. Bath yeah, but... when he plays right still. Then. Definitely not then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you made a point then. I'll ask Gary about this. Blaming the fans, um, that's always pretty much a recipe for disaster, Gary, isn't yeah. it? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, as soon as you turn on, as soon as the manager turns on the fans, obviously, I think a lot of it is you know stress related because you know you, you hear the atmosphere in the stadium, you know, such as booing, uh, and I think it rails up the manager. Um, which then causes it to backfire because then all the fans start getting on Twitter, becoming keyboard warriors, um, as well as obviously, you know, hurling abuse. We, we we saw this in The Sun Until I Die with Chris Coleman standing outside and when they start talking about your family and your kids, that's where the, like, the line's drawn a little bit. Um, and, I, I, you know, Chris Coleman, the way he reacted, I don't necessarily blame him for that, especially when he started talking about his wife and kids. Um, but you know, if if you start you know slating the fans, it, it's like you've just said, mate. It's it's a recipe for disaster. You might as well start uh, packing your office up now. Yeah, obviously, Charlotte. will we'll move on. Um, obviously, you'll have seen many a player um, from opposition coming into coming into, I want to say spot, but I call it the Crown in arena. Um, you've seen you know many many a great player, many a bad player. But who would you say has been the best player you've seen? Uh, from the opposition, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go for one that I saw in the cup when we played Tottenham, and then I'll go for like a lower one. Yeah. But I just think the quality of um, Lucas Mora played against us, and just the quality of him. And we actually got Stoke in the cup a good few years ago, and Bojan had just signed from Barcelona. Oh yes, yes. So just it's just mental seeing those kind of players. Obviously at Scotland at the time, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's a bit of different quality there. But um I think from from a lower league, and it's gonna sound mental because I think he's only at Stockport now, but I've always thought Paddy Madden was quite like a decent player. I thought yeah. every time I watched him but the only thing was, he always scored against us. <laughs> like, always. He's got a really, really good record down League One, League Two. He's a, he's a good striker, Paddy Madden. Uh, probably could have played higher up, but I think he's gone to stop off for the uh, for the payday. They're, uh, they're rich now, aren't they? Yeah. Well, richish. <laughs> <laughs> Richer than us, anyway. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Um, and what about opposition fans that have come down and you know basically just sang the hearts out for ninety minutes? Is, is there anyone in particular that kind of uh, catches caught your eye? 
obviously, um, your fans are very, I'd say, very loud. <laughs> um, when we played, we played Leeds in the FA Cup. Yeah. To go so like their following, like your Chef United, your Chef Wednesdays, even Huddersfield, all the Yorkshire teams. <laughs> No, it's to watch, that's right. <laughs> like local derbies, obviously when Be- when Berry was in our um, league, they, that was always like our main kind of derby. It got to the point where Oldham obviously was a few years ago, but it, then it got to a point where we used to play Berry a lot. So mm. they were like our main derby. So on Derby Day and obviously Oldham, your local teams kind of thing as well, the derbies. Yeah. There was great yeah. atmosphere. So you've got a local derby at the moment with, with Oldham. Oldham who aren't doing that great. So, I, I mean, have you played them already this season or is that still to come? <laughs> they beat us 1-0. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that early on in the season, was it? Yeah, it was in September. So, we went on a really good we went on a really good run. All our fans were planning the promotion parties already. <laughs> and then after the Oldham game, we kind of went on a bad run. So, yeah. We'll go to um, Pantomime Buns now. We we tend to ask this question. Obviously, there's somebody who always goes to anywhere, anywhere ground, and the away fans hate them, but their own fans love them. Is there anyone in particular you've seen who you're like, oh, can't stand him? Um, This is a tough one. (laughs) We ask very hard questions sometimes. tough one there's always um obviously always someone who's played for like Oldham mm-hmm. or Berry, like the local teams um mm, we actually did it the other day I can't remember his name we did it we were at Salford away is it I think he's called Ripley the goalkeeper oh Connor Ripley Ripley he used yeah. to play he used to um, play for, I think it was actually Berry, so we gave him a bit of stick as well. So, mm. yeah, that's that's all that I can think of, really. You know, the yeah. fans with, like, ex-players from, like, local derbies. I don't think there's really someone I'd, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're just too nice to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know I've asked this question to, it's probably our fourth or fifth guess I've asked this question Who's your pantomime, Dylan? My pantomime villain, villain. Uh, for I think one that really, really, really does stand out is just Robbie Savage. Like Robbie Savage was just no pun intended a ball ache to any team that he played for, and he just generally liked to wind people up, and he did wind people up, and he did it in a good, good fashion. Um, so I'd probably say Robbie Savage is up there, like. Really? Oh, Joey Barton for me all day long. Ah, Joey Barton. <laughs> get him as a manager. Just get the man in, <laughs> in, in general. Um, obviously, Charlie, you've seen, you've seen, you know, playoffs, playoff wins, promotions, relegation. So what would you say is your best moment being a Rochdale fan? It sounds really mental because obviously we've made it to the playoff final. We've made it to like, we've been promoted and stuff. So our first promotion, 100%, but... It was actually our first season in League One, which was one of my favourite moments. And we played Southampton away at St Mary's. And 
just being a Rochdale fan and walk, going from like at the time like your Macclesfields, your Accrington Stanleys, and there's no disrespect to them, but their stadiums and then walking out at St Mary's, it was just like wow. Yeah. And then um, we actually we actually beat them two 0 and I mentioned him before, Gary Jones, who was like he was our captain for years, actually scored both goals. And at the time, Southampton had like Oxley Chamberlain playing for them, um, a few like a few big names. So it was just like the whole day itself, and just like I said, walking out into that ground. It sounds silly, but that was just like wow. Mm. They had a great side as well, and they go on, didn't they? Like you said, there, you know, Oxley Chamberlain, I'm fairly confident. Um, Alana was around then as well. I mean, they were. They were a great side, but they were an advocate of how to get back from League One in the Championship in the Premier League. You know, they dealt with the youth, and I think that's a, a really, really good way to do it. Um, you know, but we'll go from your favourite moment to your, your least favourite moment, your worst moment being a fan. I take it as a relegation. Do you know what? I'll be quite honest, and it sounds it sounds mental because obviously we wasn't there because of COVID. But last season when we got relegated, it was just so frustrating because we, the amount of times where we threw points away, and I look back now, we we finished one point behind Wigan, and honestly, the amount of points we threw away that season, we could have we could have avoided that. But it was just as well the whole, like I, I mentioned it before. The chairman at the time, we had no idea what was going on, and there was a bit of trouble like behind closed doors. Obviously, I love Brian Barry Murphy, our ex manager, but there was a bit of trouble with him. It was it was quite negative, and it's just you couldn't go and support your players as well. You couldn't like try and like boost their confidence or help. And I think, yeah, I think personally that was my worst moment because. I think we kind of caused it ourselves and yeah. we could have got out of it. And it was just frustrating because, like I said, we couldn't change what was going on on the pitch. But I think if the fans could have been there as well, maybe we could like have supported them and just gave them a bit of a confidence boost and stuff. It was horrible last last season, wasn't it? Because you were watching it on on the streams and stuff like that, and the, 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 some of the, most of the stadiums only had one camera angle. It was <laughs> it wasn't the best, was it? <laughs> It was it was really really annoying. But we'll, we'll go we'll go on to this season. Obviously, you've, you've just mentioned there, Brian. Uh, it's Brian Murray. He's uh, he's left. He's gone. Got the Man City reserves. Um, you know. But um, I'll ask Gary this question actually. I'm not sure if Gary knows. Do you know who the actual old manager is? Because there's a sudden link there. Uh, it's uh, Bracewell, isn't it? It's not. It's no. Robbie Stockdale. Robbie Stockdale. I why did I say former, Bracewell? Former Sunderland's assistant manager, <laughs> former caretaker manager of Sunderland. Uh, I was actually reading up on a bit of Rochdale before, and I knew that. I just don't know why I said mm. Stockdale, but like <laughs> five games unbeaten as well at the minute, so do no. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll, we'll ask Charlotte the expert. Eh? How how's it going with Robbie Stockdale? Like, I always thought Stockdale had a manager's job in him, whether it was League One, League Two, or whatever. Good coach. Um, you know, again, he tries to play football the right way. So, how's he settled in? Do you know what? I I personally think that he's doing a fantastic job. He had he had three weeks to put a team together. And this is what's frustrating with our fans. Because we were doing... Because we were higher up the first, like, month or so, 
we was like right at the top and I think our fans forget that he had three weeks and it is a young side a lot of these players have come from like the Premier League on loan championship on loan they've never had a professional a season in professional football for some of them like Danny Cashman is someone we've actually got from Coventry on loan he's never played like professional football in the first team it's always been youth team um josh andrews is a striker from birmingham he's only 19 and same with him and i i just think our fans expected a bit too much yeah and me personally and me and my dad were talking about it and we're still talking about this the other day i honestly thought this season if we survive relegation if we just even if we finish bottom half just above relegation i'd be happy because obviously it's just rebuilding again we've yeah. lost some um, key players we lost we lost stephen humphreys to wigan ollie rathbone to rotherham yeah great player ollie rathbone he's great one player of, one of my favorite players he just yeah. he just gave 100 percent every single game absolutely tortured um our right hand side the second time uh, we won two one. Absolutely tortured us. And I can't remember who scored the goal. Is it uh, Camps the midfielder? Um, yeah, yeah. Cam Camps, another great player. You know, they have, they have developed some good players who have moved on. So it does sometimes take that, doesn't it? It, it takes that yeah. season to rebuild and then go again next year. So I like I said, you probably asked the question already. Are you, would you be happy just you know, finishing in the mid table and then pushing, pushing on again for next well, season? Yeah, I genuinely would because. It sounds really, it sounds really dramatic, but like what was going on behind closed doors and what was going on through the summer with like there was rumours about certain people taking over our club, and it, I just think our fans need to realise that. To be fair, the last few seasons when we were in League One, we're not we're not a top League One club. We're we're League Two standards. We've been punching above our weight for the last the last few seasons to be honest so i just think if we if we if we rebuild this season obviously matters off the pitch have improved we've got a new board we've got a new chairman everything's going fine there i just think this season obviously our manager like signs obviously we've signed some great players try and develop them and yeah look I'd be happy. Like I said, I would have been happy with just above relegation. Yeah. As it has been really tough. It has been really tough. Mm. Well, we'll we'll go on to um, obviously your own little podcast that you've got going on. Obviously, the deal it debuted last week. Um, you know how? what First of all, what was the idea behind it? And second of all, you know how has it been going? I've, I've listened to the first episode. I didn't join. I must admit. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. And, yeah. All it was. Rochdale have got a couple of podcasts and there's actually one called RochdaleAFC.com and it won the podcast of the season at the Northwest Awards, which is absolutely fantastic. But there's not a podcast from a female's point of view. Mm-hmm. And especially we've just, Rochdale has just become partners with Her Game 2, a campaign to kick sexism out of football. So... We just, me and Isabel just thought it was time just to do something from a woman's point of view because we just want to normalise that 
females can enjoy football and our opinions are valid just as mm. much as men's. So yeah, we just we just thought we'd do something new, try it out and yeah, we just it sounds crazy, but we just want to inspire someone because obviously she's the same as me. She's been going with her dad for years since she was younger. And it's just we just want to normalise like a young girl can go with mum or dad or yeah. instead of a, a dad taking a son, like the mom and a daughter can go with them too and they can enjoy it. And yeah, yeah. that's pretty much the idea behind it. And the podcast itself, we just, we obviously want to talk about match analysis from games, pre-match, leading up to fixtures, get people on, hopefully management team, players, ex-players, play some fun games, just just like a fun podcast, really, that people yeah. enjoy listening to, yeah. It, it's certainly a, a, a new one, Gary, an all-female podcast talking about you no know, football side of things, you know, it's, it's a great niche to get into, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, football is a game for everyone, and you know, one day, like, you know, there will be podcasts based on every WSL team, every female team, you know, because it is becoming bigger and bigger. The more exposure that yeah. it's getting, and you know, if you put your product out there, which is you know what we do, we put our product out there, you know, and it appeals to audiences, you know. I mean, you you'll be able to check your analytics because you use Anchor for your podcasts, from what I saw. Is that right? So when you yeah. check your analytics in a couple of weeks, you you'll be getting listeners in in Singapore, which you you thought well, I never thought that a person from Singapore would actually <laughs> listen to our podcast. Obviously, we have that, and it's it's yeah, it's strange <laughs> but nice in a way. Um, but you know, you put your product out there, and you want to send a message. And, you know, it takes time. You know, our podcast, we've built this over, a, you know, the majority of this year. It does take time. There's there's no getting around that. But you put your podcast out there. You promote your podcast on the social platforms that you have, such as Twitter, Instagram. Um, I mean, Anchor's a great, great platform for putting your podcast out there. Your message will get out there. And, you know, there the will be this female football fan who, you know, has been, you know, victim of... Uh, discrimination, sex, uh, sexism at the football matches and thought, you know what, like, this, this I, I feel like this person has felt in, in the past and, and so forth and like putting your message out there is really going to inspire and give confidence to people, which I think is great. Like I do think like it, it is a great niche to get into and you know, you'll always be thinking in your head of, you know, content, generalised content that you can put out there, which will be great and obviously that will appeal to your audiences. I think it's probably another success story of the her game to movement, Chad. Obviously, I know that you're you're winning that you're winning that as well. I mean, uh, what what's your role with them? I hear um, have you got like a really big kind of connection with them guys as well? Well, it's mental because me and Lucy, me and Lucy have known each other off Twitter for absolute years, and I've known seven eight years, but we've never actually met or had a conversation. And she's appeared, obviously, now on our first podcast, talking about her game too. We was on a YouTube channel called Football United TV together, both together on Monday. So, yeah, she she's a great girl and she, she's been so supportive as the rest of the girls. And it sounds mental, but I, I think without the her game too, 
and obviously seeing on social media that so many people have obviously been through the same kind of thing i don't think me and isabel would have done the podcast so we're very thankful for them because they've kind of inspired us but um yeah i just think obviously and especially with rochdale supporting a campaign as well we just thought it was time to try and try and help it sounds weird not make a change because obviously i'm not going to be like i'm not like the prime minister or anything but um, you do a better job yeah i know like like you're saying even if it's just one person who you can like inspire or like think do you know what i'm gonna go to a football game now because that girl goes or that girl spoke and yeah but um as well with me and Isabel have been asked to actually do an ongoing feature in our programme, The Voice of Scotland, which is really Oh, great, great. that's great news. So it's like if people don't listen to the podcast, we're kind of doing like a little blog, you know, summarising each week in the programme, which is really good. And just everyone's support. It's been it's been overwhelming, but it's been really nice, really nice. Yeah, I mean, like Gary said before, like, you know, it starts from from nothing and, and it yeah. ends up, you know, it'll end up being as, as big as you want it to be, to be honest. I wish you the best of luck with that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on now. We've obviously we've done the Rochdale side of things. We've done a little bit of a game too and everything like that. Now, a big, big managerial change this week um, has happened. Obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was sacked as manager of Manchester United on Sunday after an embarrassment. 4-1 defeat or 4-2 defeat. I can't remember now. It was 4-1. 4-1 defeat um, at Watford. Um, Gary, we've mentioned Oli on this show a fair few times. He's, he's won ball of the week, probably more than anybody else. But, I mean, it was about time. Well, it was coming, wasn't it, Gary? I mean, you can't be losing 4-1 at Watford and, and expect that with another, is it? It was coming. Um, no disrespect to Watford, by the way. Yeah, it was coming. Um, maybe he was at the club a little bit longer than really he should have. Um, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, like, you know, he's an absolute legend and I loved him as a player and you know what, like, I loved him as a person. Like, to to come out and have the the tenacity to do an interview for MUTV discussing how his, his time didn't go the way he kind of wanted it to, but he loves the club and he'll follow the club, very emotional. I remember a fan pulling him over, he got out of his car and gave him a hug. Like, that's just the kind of guy Ole was. He was a nice guy. And, like, I really do hope that he does get another job in English football because I would love to, to see him back in the English game. I just think the Man U job, it's it's such a transitional job at the moment. They don't know where to stand. Um, the fans obviously want the want the wanted Conte. They didn't get Conte. Spurs. He went to Spurs. Now they're after Poch. Now there's talk that they're getting Ralph Ranić on uh, interim basis with a two year consultancy role. I mean, no disrespect to Ralph Ranić. I know he's in Moscow at the moment, but other than that, I don't really know much about him. Um, so, I. I I don't, I don't know where Man United are really, really going at the moment. I do think there needs to be changes in that team because Harry Maguire can be great for England, but he's terrible for Man U. Victor Lindelof, terrible. Um, the, the partnership with McTominay and Fred just doesn't work, and I think Ole is stuck with that partnership far too long. If that was me personally, I would have been bringing Matic in because I think Matic offers a lot more in centre-mid. Um, Donny van der Beek, the fans wanted to see Donny van der Beek play. 
and there seems to be a mitigating issue as to why Donny van der Beek was not playing. But when he came on two weeks ago um, for 10 minutes, he looked like he should be in that team. The amount of clear breakup I saw and forward passing, I was like, why is this kid not getting a game? He's 23, 24 years old. He was a regular in the Holland team. He's came through the Ajax Academy. He was brilliant. Um, obviously got a game against Villarreal. From what I've, what I've read, he had a really good game. But what was the problem there with Van der Beek? What was the problem there with Sancho? All of a sudden, he benched Sancho. Um Maybe it was his man management skills in the end, which kind of cost him his job, as well as his tactics. I mean, he didn't really seem to want to change his tactics much, but it, it, he outstayed his welcome a little bit. And I think ultimately, if he was there the end of this season, the fans maybe would have turned on him, regardless of being a club legend. And he doesn't deserve that because he's a nice guy. Just to play devil's advocate on it, Charlotte, he spent a hell of a lot of money at Manchester United. Um, you know, obviously, Jadon Sancho's come in, 70-odd million pounds. Um, Ronaldo, even though he came on a free transfer, I'd imagine his wages aren't, aren't cheap. Wan-Bissaka, uh, obviously come in. Pardon? Uh, Wan-Bissaka, Harry Maguire. Wan-Bissaka, yeah. I mean, he spent some money. I mean, should he have done better at Man United, do you think? On, on paper, with that team... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Personally, but at the same time as well, it's like it's like previous managers when obviously they've had they've spent money and stuff. They still not got the quality and the best out of the same players, and it's one of them where obviously it's frustrating because he's such a nice guy, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But I think he was I think he was too nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I honestly think he was too nice. And when you've got the Eagles like Ronaldo, you've got Pogba, even the likes of Maguire and stuff, when you've got them kind of Eagles in the dressing room, I just think it's never going to work. Never going to mm. work. I mean, Gary, this is from, from Alex Ferguson, who's left, but still has, you know, a role, you know, as, a, as an ambassador or whatever it is. If he's still sitting in still sitting in the ground and everything like that. They've had David Moyes, obviously, uh, Van Hal, uh, Mourinho, and now what are you going to talk to? You know, who's who's next? And when you've got players like David here on Saturday saying we don't know how to move the ball about, Who's next to Man U and, and what do they need to do to get them back to being you know, title contenders, really? I think they need to go back to the drawing board and I think probably the, the best manager that they could get would be Poch. You know, Poch did a fantastic job at Spurs. But again, I, you know, we, we spoke about Poch in, in the Tottenham podcast we did um, two weeks ago. I think maybe his time just ran stale. Um, and that's why they had to let him go. And I do think ultimately that will happen at PSG. I, I don't think he'll be a PSG next summer, but I do think, in all honesty, Poch is probably going to be the right man for that job. If you look at what he did with the Spurs Academy, Man United have a lot of great kind of, uh, academy players coming through. Um, they've got uh, Hannibal Meji, who's a central midfielder, who looks like he's going to be the part for Kundo Palestri. Um, who looks like he's going to be the part. Axel Tuanzebe is out on loan Aston Villa, but ultimately he's going to come back and you know he's going to be a first-team player. They're the kind of players that a Poch would like. Uh, he, he can develop those players. Other than that, I don't know who will touch that job because Zidane has said he doesn't want it. 
So who's next? Wayne Rooney was linked with the job, but he's ruled himself out of it. He wants to say Derby. I don't know who, who would be next. I mean, I saw a meme a couple of weeks ago that was David Moyes would be the number one choice for the Man United job if David Moyes never went to Man United. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is true. Um, he's done a great job at West Ham and you know he didn't do a great job for us at Sunderland and, but I kind of discount what he's done at West Ham and you know he signed players for relatively decent money such as Sushek and Kufal um, Jared Bowen Ben Rama really good players um, maybe they might give him a second pop I mean someone who I would really really love to see in the Premier League is because I'm a massive fan of him is Eric Ten Hag at uh, Ajax their production line is just surreal. Like that team, Ajax's team picks itself, and you know most of them under the age of twenty two, twenty three. They've got a lad on the wing called Anthony, ironically, um, <laughs> who I guarantee I will put this out there. He will be at Man City next season because he is just a skillful winger, and you know I, I can really see him not being there next season because he's just his ability is bags, and then he's got they've got Graven Birch like. They're the kind of uh, Ten Hag would would benefit from a Man United academy. So, I would like to see Ten Hag, but I do think Poch is probably going to be the favourite. I'm going to throw a name out for you both actually because we always tend to think, what about a young English coach or a young British coach, Graham Potter? Right, love Graham Potter. I think he's a brilliant manager. Do think he deserves a big name job, but I'm scared that he takes a job like Man United, which kind of crippled Moyes' career, for example. Mm. I'm scared that that could happen to him, and I don't think he deserves it, because I do think he is a great coach. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's... Is opinion. there a name we haven't mentioned, Charlotte, that you would like to see there? Or do you think it'll be... You know, Pot- I think Pochettino is a favourite long-term. I think it's a great, a great choice, but are they going to give him what he wants? Are they going to give him the patience? Uh, I just don't know. I don't know what it is with Man United at the minute. I think they've been too lucky, haven't they, previously under Sir Alex Ferguson? And because, obviously, they were, at one time, they were the greatest, wasn't they? And, yeah, I just I just think they're fans now because it is tough times. They just can't hack it. But um, I know they've been... Brent, has a Brendan Rodgers been linked as well? Yes. Yeah, I think he's been linked. But he's another one where it's like, would he be similar to what happened with Moyes? Like, he's doing well, obviously, at the minute with Le- Leicester. Yeah. Would it would it be too much for him? I know he's obviously been at Liverpool, but, yeah, would it be too much for him? I'm not really... I'm not... It's one of the... I'm not even really sure. Just after the amount of managers and stuff they've been through already, I, re- I really don't know who could get them to the level like they were at. I think the scary thing is about it all um, is I don't even think Man United are sure, and that's yeah. what that's what would scare me if I was a Man United fan. I just don't think they know. Um, you know, obviously the, the characters took over as as caretaker. They run about bringing in a you know a, um, a temporary manager until right, yeah. the end of the season, and then they're going to go for a Poch. But if, what happens if Poch just says, "No, nah, don't fancy it," <laughs> and then they're completely back to square one, aren't they? So, um, but we'll, we'll finish off. We'll wrap things up. Obviously, Shad, you're our guest. We normally do a baller and balling of the week. So we'll go baller first. So we'll have your your baller of the week, please. Yeah, I'm gonna go for sticking with the Manchester United theme. I'm gonna go for Sancho because obviously he scored in the Champions League 
and he finally got a start after obviously Oli being sacked. So he's my baller of the week. All right, Gary. Uh, baller of the week. Uh, I'm gonna have to go for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. Absolutely, just demolished Arsenal, and you know that square up between him and Arteta was actually quite funny. And then obviously, you know, it changed it put, the game. It changed uh, the game, didn't it? It did. Like <laughs> Arsenal were pure put on the back foot. I don't know. I don't even know how it actually came around. In all honesty, but I thought that game definitely had a red card in it. I was watching it with my girlfriend, and uh, I was like, "This has got a red card in it." Like stuff's going down here but like absolutely just demolished them especially on the counter like Liverpool look amazing this season on the counter um, yeah. and like they did the same against Man United ironically um, and destroyed them so I've got to go with like Klopp's Liverpool like they're playing brilliant at the moment and it's nice to see Jordan Henderson back to full fitness as well yeah, them them sideways passes have been missed, haven't they? And that, that's, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> that's a joke. My ball of the week is um, Fallon Cherrick for um, making the quarterfinals of the, class, the Grand Slam of Darts last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen it, but she was 4-1 down in her last group game, needing to win the last four legs. And she won the last four legs, finished off with a 170 checkout, which is the highest checkout the Darts you can get. Uh, goes on then beats Mentor um, Zulovic again, uh, which I don't think uh, I don't think he was very happy about that. Like, but you know the woman just keeps on breaking every season that gets you know that gets put in front of her, she's breaking through. You know what a fan and, and what a fantastic girl she seems as well. You know she seems a proper down earth, bubbly bright girl. You know and, and congratulations and I really hope that she gets a uh, qualifying card for the next two years. You know I think she's a, a couple of wins away. And uh, it'd be nice to see her actually do that and get onto the, you know, onto the tournament with the big boys. Because I think she'll actually win one. I don't think she's scared at all. So she's my baller. Charlotte, we'll start with you again for ball eight of the week. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Michael Vaughan because obviously what's happened in, obviously what's come up in the news with is he called Azim Rafiq? Yeah. Yes, Azim Rafiq. Yeah, yeah. From Yorkshire, yeah. the cricketer. So obviously, there's obviously that going on. And also, I think he's just been dropped from the Ashes coverage because obviously he's part of their team. So I think it was either today or yesterday they've announced that he has been dropped. So, yeah, he's mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair. I mean, I mean, I'd have probably dropped from the Ashes coverage because he's going to be shocking anyway. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Gary, what's, what's yours? Um, well, who's I would, yours? Sorry. I would really love to see Boris Johnson for losing his speech. And then actually, you know, bringing it back up and going, uh, Peppa Pig, has anyone been to Peppa Pig World before? And it's just like, I was watching that and I was like, this person's actually running our country. Like, I mean... It's nothing to do with sport, though. You're right, you're right. That's why I would love to say that, but I'm going to say, who's main Dembele for Barcelona? So Xavi brought in a new set of rules in regards to training. So he wanted them turning up for training early um, and start training early in the morning. But under Ronald Koeman, they were training from lunchtime. So Usman Dembele didn't realise, because he's been on a treatment table for the last two years, turned up uh, three hours late for training. Oh, God. <laughs> and then it was like, well, where have you been? He was like, well... We train at 12 o'clock. It's like, no, we don't. We we train at like, I think it's past 10. They've got to be there at 8 o'clock. 
but the train had half past ten. And he's like, well, I didn't know that. So he's been like fine, like three weeks wages, I think, for it. Oh, um, oh well, if you didn't know, and it's a bit ash. But, yeah, yeah, find out. You know, two even tested. No, team, but... can't you? One time tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> who's Ben Dembele? Though? If he was taking yeah. someone in, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> well, who's Ben Dembele? Comes back from a serious injury to a different manager every time. So like, he doesn't know where he stands. Bless him. But uh, I thought bless. it was quite funny when I read about that. But, you know, bless him. <laughs> bless him. Oh, that's a good one, Gary. I like that one. Um, I'm going for Harry Maguire. Um, basically, because if you're going to have the audacity to cup your ears in an England 7-0 win or whatever it was uh, over Albania and, and then try and think that, you know, you've, you've proved your doubt was wrong and then have the worst game of your life and get to send off against Watford away, for me, it just makes you look like a complete and utter idiot. So um, I'm going for Harry Maguire for all those reasons said it <laughs> And we'll leave it at that, I think, for, for this week. Um, thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on and talking about Rochdale and other, other things. Um, best of luck with your podcast and the deal with. I hope it goes from strength to strength and best of luck with your, your blog and the Matchday programme. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you very much yeah. for having me. Yeah, thank definitely. Listeners, get over to Anchor and get over to Spotify. That's where you'll find the deal with podcast as well as obviously on Twitter. Um, just get over and check it out. I haven't listened to all of the first episode yet, but I will be there, Charlotte. Oh, it is good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Gary, as usual, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on a on a cold Thursday evening. Always, mate. <laughs> as always. We will be back next week. I'm fairly confident we're talking about um, the racism tickets um topic. So that's going to be um, another one. But thanks everyone for uh, listening to us once again. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. And good night. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.